Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, and we're back with two very special guests. I've got Molly Schwartz and Rob Schulte of the Vanderpump Robs podcast, how you guys doing? We are doing well. Thanks for having us, Emily. Very, oh. very good. Very excited to be here. Yeah, and it's great to have you. And I, we have so much to talk about today. <laughs> but first and foremost, I want to check in with a little like what your guys' life is looking like. Because, Rob, when you and I had first met, you were manning the helm of a Vanderpump Rules podcast um and it was still i would say a niche show relative to the overall zeitgeist it was no like sure. game of thrones yes and now <laughs> it's basically almost at a game of thrones level <laughs> with more uh coffee cups i would think or i guess soda cans with a lot of squirt squirt yeah. cans yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and so like and that's happened like overnight and i'm just kind of wondering what that's been like for you because it seems like Scandaval has created this booming industry around it that we yeah. are like in a way part of. Yeah, it's got its positives and its negatives, that's for sure. And that's not even delving into the uh, personal lives of the cast members. Um, oh, yeah. And I want to say, I want to say <laughs> that, yeah, you know what? You're right. I should put the caveat that like I, I'm so far into it that <laughs> just for anyone who's new, like, this is all said in terms of how we're watching the show and talking about our own experiences with producing content around it. And it's not speaking on like, we're not taking joy from anyone suffering. However, we are watching a television show that everyone has signed up for and is yep. okay with us discussing. So that's, that's what we're, we're here to do. Absolutely. Uh, we, here's the thing. When I started the podcast, Molly had guested, a couple of times on the show and it was something I didn't have to do. I enjoyed doing it. I didn't have a huge audience and it was kind of like, I'll cover a season here and a season there and do some bonus episodes. It's, but it's uniquely mine. And so I don't have to be beholden to anything. And then Molly and I got to talking and we're like, Hey, we should cover, there's a new season coming out. This is like the first time that I've actually been aligned to be able to cover a new season. Uh, will you join me? Molly was down. We decided to cover uh, the season two of winter house first because Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz were on it. And we were like, this will be a good way to get our feet wet. It's like eight episodes. And then we'll go roll right into the new season 
and we had three episodes before Scandival broke, and we were like, well, guess we got to be on our A game for 18 more weeks. <laughs> like, this is the story across the country now that we are also covering. <laughs> I guess we're all going to be in fight or flight for the next yeah. few months. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> I know. No, it is funny that, I mean, everybody knows that tension drives storytelling like you just need it and so it's kind of this positive negative where there's this momentous thing that has affected people's lives in in many ways a negative way but it makes it more interesting to watch and so in that way if you look at the universe of Vanderpump content the you know spin-off podcasts like ours in some ways Scandaball is the rising tide that has lifted all the boats strangely I mean Bravo is the main boat and their <laughs> viewings are like way up yeah, yeah. And and like only, you know, the slimiest have sunk to the bottom, which is basically Tom Sandoval. And for, yeah. <laughs> he seems to be the main kind of collateral in this whole thing, but I'm not too bothered by that. Um, but yeah. And also, I mean, just from like, I'll, I don't know about you guys, but I'll check in with the podcast of the cast. There's a lot of them, but there's some interesting tidbits. And mm -hmm. All of them have said, like, Ariana has co-signed, like, yeah, t you know, make all the podcasts, do all the bits about it, make all the merch, like, yeah, rising tide, yeah, <laughs> rise I, all ships. I'm totally, like, you don't hear that a lot. You know, there's there's usually, like, a defensive nature, I think, with a lot of times people on the show, I'm, I'm thinking of Jax Taylor specifically he's always like oh i don't even watch the show i don't do anything I, I want nothing to do with it when i'm not cashing the checks from the show when he was before he was fired and to see ariana like truly embrace that like you know what if this can help my friends then that is one positive that comes from like my nine-year partner having an affair with one of my close friends and castmates and I wouldn't have expected it. Like, even if someone like laid this out, it would not, that result would not be something I could have even imagined. It's not to mention all of the brand deals she got out of it. No, I know. I, I saw that it was estimated that she'll make between one to $5 million off of <laughs> the scan of all. I think it was an wow. article in Variety. And, you know, I just saw, uh, I think this was comments by celebs or comments by Bravo where she did her Duracell ad and then Bounty in the comments was like, oh, are we doing this now? And I was like, <laughs> 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 I love, like, these are, these are like big names. Yeah. I, hmm. So as of this recording, we just put out our coverage of the third reunion on the podcast and I do think one, and Molly, I, you know, we didn't really talk about this on our episode, but like something that I've fallen, I'm trying to get away from, but as a podcaster recapping a specific show, there's like this push and pull of like how fast you should get your episode out. Mm. And it used to be like, I would be shooting myself in the foot essentially to like get it out the same day or the same night or the next day. And I realized that like when I would do that for other shows I'd covered or other movie podcasts, like if there was a new scream that came out, it's like, I got to go see it the first night. Um, the episodes weren't as good. And mm. so 
I still sometimes see that like people put out good quality podcasts or at least entertaining conversations like the same night. And I'm like, I don't, I can't do that. Like I would be racking my brain so much. So I do at least like that Molly and I give ourselves the time to like make an outline and be like, we can't miss a thing because this is going to be maybe the only season we'll get that is this popular of Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, Yeah. we definitely need some time to marinate. Yeah. Like we need to digest the ideas because also something that I, I appreciate that I think it's the way that Rob and I have both approached the podcast is that we take it seriously as viewers. We treat this show as documenting human relationships. And I think that's what makes it so fascinating. And so we're not above that. Like Mm -hmm. we're here to dissect the human relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, no, it, it, hats off to the people that are like in this, you know, 12 hour turnaround type yeah. of setup. I mean, for me, like, I, uh, you know, I'll talk about being like this hot mess express on the show, at, but I'm like, also then kind of like joking, not joking. I'm like, this isn't a bit for the show. I really am just doing my best. Um, my life isn't quite as uh, crazy and chaotic as um like you know i guess any of the cast of Vanderpump rules at the moment but <laughs> it's definitely it's it's been a lot to just balance that with with work and content and so i'm just like i'm trying to just get into a mode of just being like i am going to do my 100% but sometimes that's going to look like a 20% sometimes it's going to look like whatever and if i just get the episode out on a weekly pretty regular basis that's great i would yeah, yeah it would be nice to even be like a maybe same night kind of person, but I'm just, I'm also not like a rise and grind kind of, kind of gal, you know, I feel like you have to be like (laughs) hustling so hard to make that happen. Yeah. And I don't think the work versus reward like pays out on that. Like we're getting, you know, we're not getting like, uh, you know, million dollar brand deals like Ariana Maddox, but we are like, I think we're getting the same like downloads that we would get whether or not we put it out on Friday or Wednesday night when it comes yeah. out. And well, and also Molly some and of both these places. Like, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh no, I, sorry. I just in our favor, like a lot of these people are getting pre-screened. Like they're getting these episodes ahead of time. Yes, we need to be hmm. kind to ourselves. You know, we're not that <laughs> level yet. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, Molly, I think there's wrestling. also something that like you and I have worked in podcasting for like a decade now. So we've kind of like run into all of the things that are like, you know what, this makes my life harder. And uh, there's a way I can make my life easier while still producing content that I enjoy making. Definitely. I feel like working in production, anything where you're coming out on a regular schedule, even weekly, a lot of people don't understand how grueling it is. It's just constant. It never lets up. And you have to keep finding new inspiration and refreshing ideas. I mean, we are lucky in that we have a show (laughs) providing us inspiration every week, but it really is grueling. And so I think you learn when you're in that kind of environment, how to make content in a way where you're kind of like using all the parts <laughs> like if we're yeah. having like a a meat analogy you know you kill the animal and you use all of the parts so you you figure out how to be proficient how to be efficient how to kind of use simplicity as your friend because you just have to 
uh, that's such a good analogy. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to be using that. And it's like, it's also, it's also a good analogy for when like I have the best intention every week to use every part of the animal. And like, sometimes it's like, you know, it's a little cut and like the rest just gets tossed aside. It's like, it, it, it is nonstop and we don't have these massive teams behind us, but Molly, I hadn't realized that you have this background with podcasting because Rob, you, um, I know a bit about your um, your extensive history with podcasting. Um, do you want to like speak to that a little bit? Sure. And then, I mean, the the crazy thing is, I'll speak to mine. But like Molly and I both met like our first years podcasting in yeah. Brooklyn. So we've both like had to do. We've got the fun, cool jobs to speak of, but we've also done the please pay me $50 to help record your episode jobs as well. Um, but yeah, I started as a, as a contract freelancer in New York and, you know, paid my bills by making podcasts for like finance bros and stuff for their newsletters. And then, got a job at Sirius XM. And then I left Sirius XM when I got a job at team Coco. Uh, that was cool. In between there, I had done work for like vice and maximum fun network and stuff. And then I recently left team Coco when they were bought by Sirius XM again, because I left that job for a reason. And now I am Focusing mainly on my main stuff, but I also uh, am a producer for the Surround Network, which is uh, an up-and-coming network that's pretty pretty exciting. They're doing a lot of like architecture and design podcasts, which isn't where I've focused much uh, in the past, but it is something that is... I kind of wanted to stretch the Venn diagram of what I've worked in because I've worked in comedy for so long that now I can focus my comedy and... Uh, Vanderpump rules analysis on my own time and just use my skills for uh, a new market that I am learning about at the same time. It's kind of great. It's yeah. nice. I it's have to nice say, to do something different. It's nice to switch it up. Yeah. Yeah. And I met Rob through this thing in New York called Radio Club, where it's just like this kind of casual monthly radio meetup. And it was when I had been working, I used to work in libraries and archives. I was working at this library nonprofit and I started producing a podcast for them. And it just kind of like lit a fire in me. Honestly, I was like, I love everything about this. I love using conversation as a medium to communicate information. I love listening to podcasts. Like I like doing the interviews. I like producing them. And I was just really driven to figure out how to make it better. Like this was really in the golden age of podcasting. You had these amazing narrative podcasts come out that would release their episodes all at once and you'd binge them. And it was just really felt like it was moving this storytelling medium forward. And so I was just curious to meet people and find out like how they did what they did. And so I think I invited Rob out for a coffee Mm -hmm. and was just like, how do you do this as like a full-time thing? And I remember you were producing like in the realm of 20 podcasts. Is that possible? I mean, I think it, I could say yes to that, but it's probably closer to 10. Like it was something it was, it was, it was like a, incredibly prolific. Yeah, that my was, mind was blown. Yeah. I was like struggling to get my little show out like once a month. <laughs> the thing is though, what Molly's not saying is like, Hers was like incredibly in depth and like researched and like she said, a story driven narrative about libraries and archiving. And I was doing like 
here, let me tell you what's the quick stock tip to get on, you know, but like, and, and conversations and comedy podcasts. And I didn't have to research. I just had to make it sound good. And I also had to pay my bills. So I had to do 10 plus podcasts to make sure that I didn't live on the streets of New York. But I think to return to our earlier point, Rob did help open my eyes in terms of like, there can be a more efficient way to do this. You can have kind of a template where, you know, the break happens here. Here's your music stem at hand, throw it in to go into break. Like, you know, there are ways to kind of like systematize this. And then from there, I kind of shifted into journalism. I pitched some freelance stories for like radio and like magazine outlets and then got a job at Mother Jones Magazine producing their weekly podcast. And now I'm at WNYC working on a weekly radio show. Um, So something that's been nice about the podcast we do together is that honestly, I love producing stuff about news and things that are, you know, have are story driven and have this kind of structure, but I listen to a lot of chat podcasts about reality TV. Like, (laughs) so this feels like it's really like me being a bit like true to myself in terms of what I like to listen to, which is these kinds of shows. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's great. I mean, yeah, I see the benefit for all, but for me personally, I like to try to learn as little as possible from my podcasts. Like I'm truly here for the vibes and (laughs) (laughs) like, this is like, you know, once I've braced myself and read the news for the day and I shut it off, like then I turn to my like little happy place. Although it's been a little bit, it's, it's been intense. Like that's as much as like we're here for entertainment, the severity of Vanderpump rules at this moment in the age of Scandal is so intense. And especially the reunion, like I walked away feeling really uh, thrown off, like just upset. It wasn't, it wasn't like a good, like, yeah, like good you know we got yeah, everything get we needed and we feel like uh re- like like uh, uh resolved and uh there's no other collateral damage at all no it was almost i think i said it in the episode i like almost more murky than it was going into it like i still yeah. have more questions it felt like a loss of innocence like, yeah. we can never go back to pre-Scandival Vanderpump rules. Well, and we're never, like, and in a lot of ways, like, we will never get, again, like, a cast trip where everyone's, like, partying together on a boat. Like, we're, it's like, we've gone down in this blaze of glory, but, like, I'm wondering, <laughs> has it lit, like, everything on fire? Like, are what are we going to return to? Because I want to hear what you guys have to say, but I'm going to be completely honest, like, I root, I root for something about her to be successful. I don't need to see a show about that. Like, I don't need mm. to see a show, you know, I'm not here to watch like peaceful, healthy interactions <laughs> between people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And it's kind of like Schwartz and Sandy's didn't work as a storyline this season, really. Like, Mm-mm. and, and that's scandal aside, like we got a handful of episodes about that and I can't imagine what we got from something about her towards the end of this season is going to be much different. What I can enjoy about those two buildings and businesses is that at least it gives us 
a different place to have conversations uh, that feel like maybe not everyone's listening. Now that sounds a little silly, but like it's hard going from like people's apartments to Sir to the beach and then back. Um, having been at Sir, I know Emily, you've been to Sir at least a couple of times. Molly, you might be unfortunately the only one who hasn't been able to make it there, but I it's small. Have. I've just and been like, once, just the okay. once, but enough to, I like had seen yeah. it so many times on TV that I was like, I know the layout. I can walk my way yeah. through here. But <laughs> like, I know exactly where we are right now. The hostess is like, can I take you to your table? And you're like, no need. Actually, <laughs> actually it was like, it was, um, it was, it was Diana that saw us in and uh-huh. I was just like, and I was with someone who didn't watch the show. So I was just like, why I, I was wanting to explain the whole history because Guillermo saw us in and then Diana was serving us. And I was just like. I can't like I'm gonna start talking loudly and then I don't want them to like hear so but I'm sure they saw the glint in my eyes like I'm sure they <laughs> saw and then I ordered obviously the goat cheese but I'm, I'm like you guys oh, know course. what I'm here for but like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um did I ever tell you about <laughs> this is a little bit of a tangent but did I ever tell you both about the time where I went to Peter's Clamato event at Toca Madero? no <laughs> Which remember, Tokamadero is where of course uh, Sheena's boyfriend Rob was seen kissing someone else. Um, that was the end of the dream of Madison Marie Parks Valletta. Yeah. Maybe that's the beginning of the end <laughs> for the, 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 the child that was never born. <laughs> um, so Peter had a brand deal with, and your listeners may not know this, but. Think what you want about Peter's involvement of the show. He is a buddy of mine, and he invited me to this event where he was showing off some cocktails he was making as a brand deal with Clamato. And I don't drink, but I was like, I'll come and support you. I also, if I did drink, I probably wouldn't drink much Clamato. I'm not a a huge clam guy um, or tomato juice, but... People seem to love the cocktails, but I was sitting there like eating all of these little appetizers they had at my table. And then like Guillermo pulls up and just sits down next to me. He's like, this seat taken? And I was like, no. And he just was telling me about the movie he was in and that they were going to have an after party at Sir and that I should come. And of course I did. And then I had to leave too early. No one had even shown up. I forgot they don't film till like 10 o'clock at night. really why did they film so late i don't know maybe they want more people there for ambiance but like there's another time i was there which was not shown on the show but the event was when raquel was telling james that she was going to a pool party at tom sandoval's house this season and uh James was there getting ready for see you next tuesday and very drunk but i was like sitting there eating my charcuterie board and just turning to peter being like when are they when are they filming he's like you got like three hours bro and i was like okay i'm i gotta go see you later that's rough yeah i feel like no wonder so many fights break out that's where my head goes i'm like we're gonna make them sleep deprived like in a cult and then we'll get them to do whatever we want which is fight with each other oh yeah that's their tactic i mean i'm it makes sense that that's their tactic on vanderpump rules like it's definitely their tactic on the bachelor because like yeah the first i don't know if you guys are like into the bachelor world but the first night of filming is often like 14 hours or like 12 like people they're filming like sometimes you'll see the sun up like in their final interviews and i'm like yeah 
sober, I would have a breakdown if you <laughs> kept me up like and having to like banter in like a, a fancy dress for that long. Totally. I do really well with I do really poorly without sleep. Like I think everyone does, but I'm just really like I've never pulled an all-nighter in my whole life. I just completely implode. And um so yeah, there'd be no way I would get out of the first night without a breakdown, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, all they'd have to do is like pull you aside and like ask me a couple questions about like my my past and I'd just be like, you know, <laughs> like I'm like, you see how I they're they're smart at what they do. Yeah, um, and they would be like, that that woman over there took your seat, and I would be like bawling and be like, I hate her. <laughs> you know, like, Why are you yeah. making me wear this? <laughs> I just want to go. I home. just want to talk to my dream man. <laughs> I promise yeah. I'm here for the right reasons. Just <laughs> get the fucking camera off of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're all, we're all unqualified for the bachelor and that's okay. <laughs> Very few people are. Um, but like, but so yeah, actually brief, brief, um, brief segue. Okay. In Canada, you said you're not a big, like into the whole clam juice, like drink thing, which I get, but we have Caesars in Canada. Do you guys have that too? Or is it Bloody... You have Bloody Marys? Like, what is the drink called in America where you have Clint? Is this not a thing for you guys? Because we have a really no. popular drink called a Caesar that is made with tomato and clam juice. And it sounds disgusting, but it's actually like... I'm People do drink those. Because I, okay. I remember when I did used to work at a bar, like that would occasionally get ordered. But when I worked at a bar, I lived in the middle of America, far from any clams. So it was a risky drink that people <laughs> would take. But people do I do that. I just wasn't sure what the name was. So, but yeah, uh, Caesar I had not heard of, but I had heard like a Bloody Mary with clam. And and it could okay. just be that I'm ignorant. Too. Interesting. Okay. What well, is, what's in Worcester sauce? Is Worcester sauce they, in? They put that in there. Yeah. Bloody it's Mary's? like, it's like Worcester, Worcester, Worcester that sauce. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. It's like, you got it like an asparagus beer, you put like vodka or like gin, whatever. Um, and then like a dash of like different, you know, like salt and pepper and that kind of things and like Tabasco. Um, mm. yeah, I used to actually used to live in a town that had a Caesar competition that had the very unfortunate name of called the Clam Slam. Um, <laughs> which, which <laughs> feels like something that happens on a Vanderpump Rules vacation. Literally. Yeah. By bros, yeah. for bros. Yeah, it was a real, <laughs> quite the scene. Uh, but anyhow, well, I'm getting us off topic here. Um, hey, I love it. <laughs> but I encourage any adventurous listeners, any adventurous eaters out there, try try Caesar. It's actually maybe better than it sounds. Let Have your know. own personal clam slam at home and send <laughs> yeah. it in. Leave a five star review on how it went. Yeah. Are micheladas a thing in Canada? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they're not, but I love micheladas and I have I I always have them when I'm in like warm anywhere like warm and I was just in Mexico yeah. having my micheladas. That's another yeah. one. If you like micheladas, I think you'll like Caesars because it's like it either tastes like really gross or you really love it. There's no yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It's like olives for people. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's very that. Um, okay. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for coming with me on this little tangent. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So... I'm like, I'm trying to think of like how to tackle um, episode three, the final installment before the secrets revealed. I guess we're not fully done, but how crazy can secrets revealed really be? Um, I just want to take like a brief overview. Like, how did you walk away from this feeling? Like, just as a broad, in the most broad sense. I mean... The thing about the reunion that I felt that I'm not sure if people agree because I feel like I was seeing a lot of watchers that were just like, yes, like they were there to just see Sandoval and Raquel get taken down and they appreciated having three hours of that. I felt like it was revealing, but very little was resolved. And I personally always find that somewhat unsatisfying because it was revealing in that Raquel and Sandoval were sticking to their story on some level. It seemed like they were still trying to pursue their relationship. It didn't feel like it quite sunk in why what they did was so bad. And um, so I thought that was interesting. And then obviously we get the last clip with Raquel where it comes out that even the whole stand, they took the entire reunion that they had just had sex once and then tried to stop and then picked back up again. That was even all a lie. So it was like their whole thing during the reunion basically was a lie based on her last interview. Um, but I did feel like because of that, we didn't really get what felt like sincere apologies from them. And I don't know if for the rest of the cast, they got much other than being able to feel on the same team and get a lot of things off their chests. And so I, I felt I left, like I said, it felt like a loss of innocence. It felt like this feeling of like, okay, there are evil, evil people in this world. The whole time we've been watching this show that it felt like a fun and lighthearted thing. All this stuff was kind of going on in the background, this like undercurrent of misogyny basically. And it's just hard to like go back and watch old stuff without seeing it through the lens that we have now. Yeah, that's a that's really it's really well put and like, you know, I I feel a lot of the same about actually everything you said. The one thing though about not getting a sincere apology from Sandoval is I don't think he's sorry. Like I don't even mm. know. I don't think that's something that like we will get or if we do, I just won't trust it. Yeah. I I think with Raquel it's a different story. Like I I woke up this morning and I saw clips from both Lala and Ariana saying like actually they feel bad for Raquel and I'm like I I get it like I'm yeah obviously everyone knows like we're mad about the situation but like I am also worried about her and her safety to be honest 
100% agree. I think there was something that was confusing for a lot of the reunion and for a lot of the season watching it back where Rob and I kept commenting on it. Raquel just seemed kind of flat. Like there were moments where I was like, is she like dissociating right now? Because it feels like what she is experiencing is not like the reality that everybody else is living in. And now after seeing that last bit from the third reunion, it's like, oh, she was trying to hold on to the relationship. That's how, at least how I see it. Like through the whole reunion, she was still trying to rescue the relationship with Sandoval. And I'm not saying this is like casting more blame on her, but it's like she couldn't fully just be remorseful and sorry because she was trying to it like keep it in her head that it wasn't totally wrong, even though I don't think she believed that like inside. Does that make yeah. sense? Yes. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. And also like I've been pretty quick to like talk about the different substances that I think they're on. And like, I don't know if that's like appropriate or not whatever i mean we are talking about a show about people yeah. doing depraved things they but i saw and we've seen them doing blow on the show on their <laughs> wedding day for some yeah. of them like jack yeah. taylor yeah no <laughs> um but i saw andy uh, like i think on his podcast or somewhere saying that he thought raquel was like heavily medicated during the reunion i'm like yeah that makes perfect sense it's a combination yeah. of like a little brainwashed by sandoval and a little like zanned out and it's like yeah mate i don't i don't think she's the psychopath i've been wondering that she might be you know yeah yeah i think that i yeah i'm on the same page as both of you for all of this the extra little two things that keep coming back to me it, well a couple of things here a few things um in terms of the reveal at the end, Raquel's final interview, she's still lying in part of that. And I, because we know like the Jenny Ting situation of her kicking Jenny out of her Mexico hotel room because yeah. of production, quote unquote. Well, and, and like, so, and also saying Sandoval was drunk and wandering through yeah. the hallways. I'm like, he was looking for you. That was the night you guys yeah. all did MDMA and were like, Raquel. Yeah. And like, Raquel. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's my favorite Sandoval impression to do. And it will be done until I decide to end the podcast. <laughs> but, um, So, and then like she couldn't get out that like, yes, I went to St. Louis. And so like these two issues are like, sure, there's some internal conflict going on with her, but it's like, if this is the interview where you are coming clean, I just can't understand why she's coming clean like 75%. But the other part is, and we mentioned this, that she says that she doesn't have any more friends and she's afraid of making Sandoval mad. And that is a dangerous combination, whether it's, intended to be done by sandoval or subconsciously done by sandoval or somehow they're doing it to each other like that sucks and so we do not have a hundred percent clarity on anything and additionally just to talk to the point of like everyone yelling the whole time sure people yell at these reunions i mean you get lala you get james in there they're gonna uh discuss what they want to discuss when they want to discuss it but I would have loved to hear more. I just wanted Tom Sandoval to dig his own grave more. Like oh, I yeah. wanted to hear a full sentence from the person, even if it did involve some crocodile tears. Like, 
And I wanted more from Ariana's one-on-one with Andy. Like I wanted Ariana to be able to explain her side. Like we know the general facts, but I would have rather heard more from her about like the ripple effect it had in her life and the shock and the surprise than just like constant, I'm pissed at you comments because that worked for like the first half of the reunion. But then just as it kept going, it felt like, are we really just stretching this on to sell ads? Like it I'm done. Yeah. I would have liked if they had like taken James's Coke away and just maybe dispensed <laughs> like a teensy bit every now and again, instead of the, like every at first it was like the bathroom breaks. I was like, okay, let, mm-hmm. now it's getting to be every 15 minutes, James, let's cool it. Like I I'm kind of wondering if James and Lala have regrets about just how much they were yelling and interrupting because it was it was really distracting I, and stressful for me yeah i think so too and i you know to go back on what you were saying about how like lala and ariana and even sheena has said have they've started to lay the groundwork of accepting raquel back into the group it ain't gonna happen anytime soon but even like i think sheena's quote was like they haven't done anything it sucks what they did but they didn't do it to me and that's, we see it all the time. I mean, James and Tom became friends again after the Kristen debacle, you know? Kristen and Stassi. Like, yes. Like, all of these people make up because they are forced into circumstances of either becoming friends again or having a shitty summer, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, true. And, like, I think it's the the whole last five minutes of Raquel's final interview like people were really disappointed I actually wasn't because I kind of expected it to be underwhelming but what I loved about it is that it was like definitive proof that Sandoval lied like we all knew he was lying during the reunion but now it's like okay now you can't say anything about it now it's been proven Mm -hmm. and so he he thought he had one leg to stand on now everyone including him knows that he has no legs to stand on so i think that's like a good note to go into like filming season 11 whatever that's going to look like but the fact is like the reunion was filmed at a time where it it would be impossible for people to not control their emotions like they're all in this state of mind of like one of the worst things that's happened to all of them like even lala who's not associated with it like she's being triggered with all like the Randall stuff and is in like Randall mode, you know, getting up on stage and like pointing and waving around. And so it would have been nice if we had like that reunion, then a week later, another reunion, we only aired that. (laughs) Like it's all the same questions, you know, but like a second time around. Yeah, it did feel explosive and it was so recent and they recorded it all in one day. So yeah. it's it's not surprising. I'm with Rob that I was a little bit like I could have used maybe two parts and then the add-on with Raquel. And I do think it was informative and I agree with you, Emily. It was like we kind of knew it was going to be underwhelming, like that it wasn't going to be as exciting as what people were teasing that the reveal was going to be. And I personally had just wished that they just didn't put that out, that there was going to be some big reveal mm-hmm. or that it hadn't been oh. leaked. I'm sure. Because I was like, then it would have been so such a like wow moment, you know? Yeah, I'm sure that that producers 
having regrets like i'm sure there's been some meetings about that like the fan base was like too fervent and then you whip them up even more and it was just way over the top with crazy conspiracies which the internet loves to go off with that kind of stuff didn't get that stassi show that everyone was thinking was going to happen. Oh, I'm happy about that. I don't. Want, although there was, I think there was some talk of like Van, something with like Vanderpump Val, Vanderpump. That's always been some, the yeah. like not not the valley. Like, it, was, it was something about Lisa's Vanderpump Valley. At another. Oh, yeah, there's I, the there's the uh, the French one now. The one that's going to be that did get a green light. That of Lisa's like below deck type series in well, France. Well, I don't know Vanderpump how French Villa. is. I don't know how, yeah, Vanderbilt. I don't know how French is going to be. <laughs> I know. It's going to be a little fan de pompe à Paris. <laughs> à Paris. Wait, yeah, I don't think, I think <laughs> most, but it, Look at these here lights. in Montreal, here in Montreal, there's a lot of, um, like it's French Canada, but there's also a lot of people from France that live here. And, um, their views on like americans i think if you if you point if you showed them like a little tour of vanderbump at paris in vegas and been like does this feel french to you like at caesar's palace (laughs) yeah (laughs) i love when lisa vanderpump just switches into french when she's speaking (laughs) with um (laughs) daniella yeah i mean it's like okay yeah you can speak you can speak the language but your aesthetic is your very much like it's always very strongly like Lisa X Nicolene vibes, and that is like very separate from whatever's going on in Paris. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so here's a quick question for the both of you. I haven't really spoken to anyone about this, but like, what do you all think is the delay then on season eleven since? It's obviously not the reveal. I mean, like I, I told Molly, I thought the the reveal then wasn't for the audience. It was for Tom Sandoval because, mm. of course, like what you said, Emily, he doesn't have a leg to stand on now. He, he's been proven like to be even more of a liar, a manipulator. Everything we thought about him was true because of what Raquel said. But I don't think that's really, it might stop Sandoval from filming, but he loves attention. So I could hardly see that. I don't know why this reveal would really be like, you know, we really need to let the cast evaluate and think about it at this point. Maybe they just need some time like for production to just figure out the angle of like how they're going to film. Cause before, like before you had Lala being like, I don't like Raquel, but she was still filming with her. And now it's like people being like, I will not film with these people. If you associate them, I will cut you out of my life. That's very different from Lala saying like, Raquel, you're dumb. Let me tell you what, blah, 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 blah. Like going off at a party, you know? So to me, it's like them just wanting some time to configure like what are the best optics. They're like, okay, we've got the world's attention, but how are we actually going to, is it just going to be like the little loser corner with the Toms and Raquel? Even though now it seems like the Toms aren't really talking. Yeah. And is Raquel talking to Sandoval anymore? I don't know. I if you can believe some of the articles that came out today, she's about to talk a lot about Sandoval, but I don't know if she's going to talk to him. I feel like my prediction would be Raquel's at this point on full like save what I can of my reputation and get back in the rest of the group. That would be my assumption. Yeah, I don't really know like 
because I she's the person like as much okay I'm saying like oh I'm not really like I've been kind of scared of her and wondering if she's a psychopath throughout this whole scandal at times now I'm like less of that opinion but at the same time the thing that still scares me is like of all the people I've ever seen on Bravo or like really reality TV she's the one who I just don't get how she ticks like I don't understand how she works it's not like oh Erica Jane going crazy and I disagree it's just like I actually don't get what is happening Mm -hmm. in her mind with the smiling and the like giggling and everything um so I don't know. I can't predict her next move. So yeah. I don't yeah. Know. It's yeah. It's surprising to have someone that unpredictable on Vanderpump rules because everyone you can at least like see I know what you're trying to do for the most part on this show. Whether it works out or not, I can like and like with Sandoval, he was always a, a sleaze, but we believed in him to an extent because of Ariana. And so we at least knew there was this shadow of him that was shitty because of Miami girl and other cheating scandals. But I don't know. Raquel is, is a complete enigma. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I've been watching some old seasons now. I'm pretty sure it's season seven and it's, I think maybe the first time that Raquel's like on the show, like she's moved to LA to move, in with James and it's interesting watching the early seasons because she feels much more real actually much uh-huh. less polished much less having the right thing to say it's like still a version of Raquel but one that feels more like a real person than mm-hmm. what we saw this season which does make me feel like she is confusing but I also think she just got like lost in the sauce <laughs> honestly <laughs> I think she like moved to Hollywood joined this show and got like completely like walking through the looking glass, like didn't have an idea about like what was reality, what it meant to like be a good person. I don't know. I like to come like that. I don't know where I'm going to go with this, but like comparing Raquel's move to LA story to like Brittany Cartwright's move to LA story. It Brittany definitely got lost in the sauce as well, but it felt like she was had aspirations for LA for quite some time. Mm interesting i feel like i liken raquel to like a child star who just got like famous a little too early you know mm. what i mean like you become a meg not saying that she became a mega star but like someone who becomes just like too famous at age 16 and it's just like things spiral like that's the vibes i get from her yeah but like i mean she- even though she became famous in her 20s it's almost like she's frozen at the age of like even sometimes I'm, I want to say like a, a child, like sometimes yeah. like eight or nine, like when she was like, I just thought we could be a thruple and I didn't see anything mm-hmm. wrong with that. I'm like that. It sounded to me like when I was a kid and I'd be like, I have 10 boyfriends, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. and I believed it kind of. And I would tell friends like it was that level of delusion where I'm like, this is no connection to anything real. Yeah, and the wild thing is that Ariana literally gave that commentary during the season before she knew what was going on when she was talking about Raquel and Schwartz. And she was Mm. like, it seems like Raquel is living in her own little rom-com, but she's the only one there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, what was that season where like Sheena was almost like living out the bachelor? Like she had Robbie from the bachelor and like <laughs> yes. I feel like she was kind of trying to like produce this like I'm on the bachelor but on Vanderpump rules kind of thing. Like that was like the cute like that was like the silly funny version of it where it was just like okay, Sheena like whatever. <laughs> you know, no harm, no foul to anyone, but it was like Raquel was just like seeing this and like it does seem like she was kind of trying to create that and when you look at like the outfits all the like repeat outfits it's too many to be a coincidence in my view so it just really seems like she was just trying to grasp at an identity and was just throwing things at the wall and was just like whatever sticks you know Mm. yeah yeah I would have loved more Bachelor contestants on Vanderpump Rules. Just going to oh put that gosh. out there. I, I do feel like Raquel like thought she was in the notebook. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. she thought that like she and Sandoval were like, you know, the two. Well, it's like the, what I was saying. The, 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 the thing about a lot of these cast members is whether it's like Sandoval's like, stupid quotes that he thinks are smarter than they actually are. Like we, we weren't running on logic. We were running on emotion or something. Or when James Kennedy said that he's like, when you see in a movie that someone goes to therapy, it's because their life is in shambles. It's like all of these people are basing everything off of stuff they watch on their TVs and their screens and like cannot piece together that like, the nuance of thought and human emotion is different than something someone makes up to tell a story. It, 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 I don't understand why they can't grasp that or why they would even think that that's something to say. Like the James quote just keeps coming back to me. I've brought it up like five times on the podcast, like in the movies, this is why someone goes to therapy. It's like, yeah, because it works for the story that's being created. Like therapy does actually help people. And I was just talking about how they didn't stop. Tom and Raquel didn't stop to dwell on the negatives because they were too horned up and enjoyed the positives. Like I, I don't believe that they're when they say things like, Oh, you know, I just, if I knew this was going to have this bad of an effect, it's like, no, you just didn't want to embrace those thoughts because if you did, you would go, oh, I'm making a bad decision and this is going to hurt people when you want to think about jacuzzis and partying and feeling yeah. good. And dressing up like each other for yes. Halloween. Yeah, that, yeah, it's like as soon as I get too like forgiving of them, like I think about things like that and I'm like, okay, you guys are real twisted though, seriously. Like <laughs> aside from aside from all the like, yeah, compassion I have of like, I don't, you know, I want everyone at the end of the day to like be okay. And I know that if like Raquel was my family member, I'd be like, okay, let's like, you know, keep an eye on everything. Like just I'm like, wow. Also like her sending a letter to the house and then Ariana saying, oh, well, I can't open it legally. And then her sending a postcard. I'm like, okay. Yeah. That, that's when I'm like, do you switch into like robot pageant mode where you're like, gotta win? Like, what is that's those, those are the moments where I'm like, what are you thinking with the lightning bolt postcard? Mm-hmm. That's, that is so wild to me. Um, and 
yeah you know it's like when you're talking about uh them like acting as if they're all like in a movie or show it's like you have some members of the cast that refer to each other as like friends or people and then others that are like in this scene this castmate like Lala does that a lot and I kind of feel like for her it really like it is like this is the show we're making whereas for Ariana Mm -hmm. it's more like we're living our lives and there's cameras here and where Kel's definitely like this is the show yeah yeah this is my life this is everything well it's like when people refer to Raquel as Ariana's best friend in no way shape or form did I ever watch this show thinking that Raquel was Ariana's best friend. Like they never even painted that. That well, Sheena she was maybe. inner circle. I think she was definitely like yeah. in the inner like, you know, we're going Totally. This season specifically, for sure. Yeah. And last season she was starting to get there, but like it became, I think, more of a great talking point for Lala and people who were very upset with Raquel to say things like she fucked her best friend's boyfriend and it i don't know it's just weird because i think raquel leaned into it too for good or ill well i can't i can't really speak to that i I, i've been made fun of um by my (laughs) co-host for being like ashina where like i I definitely round people up to my best friend. I'm like, they're my best friend. Like, first, like <laughs> so okay. many I just think that, but my- I think that it is one of those things, you know, <laughs> that like it becomes just secondhand to say that. But in, when you pull away the layers, it's like a little more nuanced. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's not the same history as like, you know, Ashina, but, but I get how it's sort of, a quick way to kind of summarize it because in a yeah. way like she, Raquel made her way into the inner circle of three people that have been connected for over a decade, Sheena, Ariana and Sandoval. And so when you have like, when you're like in that realm and you're in that circle and there's all those complex relationships between the others, like I do see how like they're saying it's just easier to be like best friend. Totally. Then because it is there's just like there's endless layers because when you've watched the show for as long as we have like we are seeing character arcs and plots tie themselves up with a bow from 10 years ago that we never thought would be resolved exactly yeah no it's true and i feel like that's partly it's because the scandal news was so big. And so then all these other people were engaging because they're just like, what am I hearing about? And so they just need the cliff notes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's, it's very hard to be like, well, in season seven, when no one would be friends with Raquel, Ariana was nice to her and invited her around. You know what I mean? Like you have to like go back to all this stuff and you're like, we do need to try to communicate that this is an enormous level of betrayal. And the easiest way to do that is to like wrap it in a nice present that is, she was her best friends, you know? Yeah. Best friend Bo. Well, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I've had a lot of people be like, okay, I want to get started. Where do I begin? I'm like, I'm sorry. It's season one, episode one. Like you're just, yep. that's the, it, the cliff knows is that someone cheated on someone else. That's like the very, very like long and the short of it at the end of the day, like no one murdered someone. It's a cheating scandal. But if you want to get into why everyone's freaking out, like you have to watch um, from the beginning. Actually, Rob, um, I was talking to Mike, who who works, who runs the the podcast network, and he started watching. He's almost yes. at the end of season two. And Mike, if you're listening, 
don't listen to this part, but I was like, I'm like, I can't wait for him to get to the end of season two because for a while that was the craziest plot twist I had ever seen on TV at the yep. end of a, yeah. a season. <laughs> yeah, I told him that too. I was like, don't listen to my podcast like until you watch the episodes. Like you are going to need to do it because Mike's a big like I think TLC head, you know. So I mm-hmm. think he's watched the like, you know. Uh, uh, adults adopting adults before that got canceled and you know mike's <laughs> crazy addiction 90 day fiance yeah i i just told him i yeah episode one season one and quite frankly that's where i mean we learned tom sandoval he's not stassi and jacks in that season but you learn who he is and how he communicates in his relationships and mm-hmm. that feeds into season two like there's an argument for someone saying like i guess you could start in season two because that's when ariana is introduced but you need to know tom sandoval's origin story before you You need to see him with Kristen. you you need to see Kristen curling her hair on the floor in front of her mirror talking to tom sandoval about how she needs to pay him back he needs to pay her back like you sure you can start actually wherever you want, but if you really, if you're, if you're at this point of like reaching out, that's my answer. And like, <laughs> yeah. I'd so, okay. I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but like long before this, um, I like before Scandival, I would try to convince people to watch Vanderpump Rules, but I'm like, all right, it's intimidating when a show's been on for so long. So I'd trick yeah. them and I'd be like, just watch one episode, just watch episode one. It, it's fine. All you have to do is just watch one and and like see if you like it. And I'm like, you're gonna be hooked by the end. But I would, <laughs> I'm like, it's gonna seem too daunting if I say watch ten seasons. But I'm like, just watch one episode, and you're like, no pressure after that. And then they're like they're back four days later and they're like i've just got through the first three seasons (laughs) this podcast has been brought to you by the sonar network sonar where's that dust coming from still finding debris after vacuuming ufi x10 pro omni robot vacuum has 8,000 pa of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets and it's totally hands-free want to know more go to eufy.com that's eufy.com and discover x10 pro omni the best in class all-in-one robot vacuum for only 799 dollars Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.